We're getting ready to have some, this is going to be a great, awesome, super fantastic month with a run over until next year. If I say that January the 1st, that's going to be a long time, but it's not right now. Okay. You know, uh, we have two more Wednesday nights, number nine, number 10. So this week and next, and then we won't have a Wednesday night for several weeks. So you can still jump in. There's still things that uh, it's not like you're going to, you've missed some stuff, yeah, but you can still go to heaven, okay? So uh, we invite you to come out, uh, as Pastor Kelly will remind you in just a little bit. Also, uh, we are not doing Christmas Day, which happens to be on a Sunday, but instead we're doing the Friday right before, which is December 2-3. Thank you. You didn't do it, did he? Oh, he didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Cammy said, did you get that demon cast out of the sound system? So I said, well, Brad did. I mean, you know. So anyway, I tried to come back. Um, we're going to, on the 23rd, we're doing a candlelight service at 6 p.m., okay? So you want to put that down in whatever you use, your agenda, your your calendar, you uh, write it on the back of your hand, tie a string on one of your fingers, whatever you need to do. That's going to be a great night. And there's going to be a lot of people that won't have anything to do that night that need to be in church. Invite them. If they come one time, it'll be great. Who knows? Some of them may stick, you know? But I don't know, and I haven't checked around, but I don't know of another church that's doing that on a Friday night. I've talked to a couple that are doing it on Saturday night. And... um, there's some that are going <laughs> to, I've talked to a couple don't have any idea what they're doing. <laughs> but the Friday night, 6 p.m., candlelight service, and we'll actually have real candles. Okay, so uh, we, we have uh, fire extinguishers available and other things. So. And we use the anti-drip thing, so, you know, we'll be, we'll be in good shape on that, praise God. How about the Christmas decorations? Somebody give it up a hand clap for all the decorations. They just appeared. <clears throat> just appeared. <clears throat> and then on January 1, 2023... We're going to have a special service that day, too, which is Sunday. And instead of meeting at 10 o'clock, we're going to meet at 1 o'clock. And there are rumors of a chili cook. So uh, be prepared to come to that. And uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a word preached. Uh, it'll be less than two hours, so don't worry about that. But we're going to have a luncheon here at the, the church building, and then we'll have a service also. So we're going to kick the new year off right, and I'm going to be preaching on hell. Because <laughs> we don't want anybody to go there, right? And i maybe give you a few little tips on how you can share that without being too abrasive. <laughs> because it's a true thing. It's very, very true. Amen. So that's kind of it. Um, anything I've missed, Carol or Brad or... Kelly or anybody that, uh, and he's going to tell you again the same things, but in a little more eloquent style. Yeah. So, anyway, this is I'm I'm really enthused about this because it's just different. Uh, how to celebrate the the one that we celebrate every day in our lives, Jesus Christ, 
And the fact that he came for people like you and me, like I heard Brother Hagin say one time, he says, you qualify because the Bible says he died for the ungodly. So uh, praise God. You were that. You were. But now you're not. You've been washed. You've been sanctified. You've been justified. You are in the family of God. All you need to do is give Jesus everything. <laughs> and let him be the Lord or the boss of your life. Praise God. Okay, uh, we're going to be continuing on something we started two weeks ago, and we didn't talk about this last week. So I'm going to be doing some review today, uh, over two weeks ago. We're talking about how near is the end. And uh, we'll wrap that up next week. And we're talking about the second coming. So that is the Advent message that he came once, he's going to come again. He came once as a baby in a manger, and he will come again as the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Hallelujah. The scepter dipped in blood. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word, which you've given us to be able to study the things that we need to, to be able to talk about you, and to be able to give you glory for all that you have already done and the things that you've already spoken we know every jot, every tittle, every cross on the T and every dot on the I will come to pass. You didn't speak as a flower. You didn't speak as grass. The flower withers or the flower fades. The grass withers, but the word of God will stand forever. And thank you for making your word alive to us by the very author himself. Holy Spirit, we invite you to manifest Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen. We're going to be going back into doing the uh, second part of a three-part message on how near is the end. We did the first part of that two weeks ago, so we're doing part two today, and we'll finish part three next week. How near is the end? Do you see somebody standing up with a big sign waving it going, the end is near, the end is near, and people mocking that? Well, guess what? That sign was true. And regardless of what that person looked like, what they said, whatever, it's true. Uh, what about the guy that used to stand on the highway and had a big sign that says, repent? People go, ah, yeah. Yeah, he's talking to you. You know, Repent means change your mind, change your thinking. Think differently, reconsider. And when you do that, it changes your whole perspective. So praise God. We're going to go over a few verses that we did two weeks ago just to put, kind of put you back in the role of it. Everything that we do message-wise will be on YouTube.com, Church of Tomorrow, or it will be also available on our website. Praise God. 2 Timothy 2, 14. 2 Timothy 2, 14. Keep reminding God's people of these things. This is written to every one of us. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. So I think it's, very important that we take notice we're not ashamed of the Word of God. 
And we can't be ashamed, can't act ashamed. And if you're not, just stay in your prayer closet and stay there as long as you need to, an hour or two or years or two, whatever, till you're not ashamed anymore. Because we have someone that we are very, very much in love with and we want to present him to the world. And correctly handles the word of truth. That would tell us that if I don't know, I don't say it. But when I do know it, I do say it. Okay? We're talking about something the world knows little of these days. It's called objective truth. In other words, truth that always was, is, and shall be. Truth never changes. Jesus Christ declared himself as truth. The, the Lord Yahweh declared himself as Lord and the one that never changes. So we know that truth is always the same. And it's the truth of God who is above us all and in all who receive him. Praise God. Okay. Uh, skipping to verse 19, last half of it. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Now, that's true. You don't act the same. You don't talk the same. You don't even look the same. Oh, I'm not going to say that God's giving you a facelift, but I am saying that there will be a smile where there used to be a frown. There will be a jump where there used to be a limp. There will be things that are coming out of your heart that you never even thought you'd be saying yourself. Out of, your flow, out of the flow of your belly shall flow rivers of living water because the Holy Spirit lives there. Praise God. Verse 22, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Righteousness, right standing with God. He's made us right and put us in right standing with him if we're born again. Faith, without faith it is impossible to please God for everyone must believe that God is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That we pursue love. God is love. Are we pursuing love? Are we just being antagonistic with the rest of the world? Mm -mm, moving right along. What about peace? You know, you can have peace in your heart regardless of what the circumstances are. I make my own weather on the inside. I am not under the circumstances. Because he has placed me on top of them. And it doesn't make any difference. If you're frowning or smiling, I'm smiling on the inside. Okay? Why? Because God's good. Because he's that way. And I know you are too. Praise God. And those of you on YouTube and those of you that just listen to our uh, message on our websites, I want you to know you could be smiling too. Even if it's just on the inside. Praise God. Come join us. Church of Tomorrow, 6800 North Bryan, Oklahoma City, U.S. of A. Praise God. That's the commercial advertisement, okay? We'll pursue love with you, peace with you, righteousness and faith with you. Verse 23, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Oh, my goodness. We look at the world, and there's things going on there that are unbelievable. A little 10-year-old boy killed his mom the other day because she wouldn't do something he wanted done. That's unbelievable. But it happened. 
It's a family that needs to be touched of God. There's a 10-year-old boy in being tried as an adult that needs to have God touch his life right now. You know, there's no telling what all led up to that. Do we have compassion for those that we'll probably never see or never meet? Do we say a quick prayer or we just go over it and say, I can't believe that? No, no, I'm just questioning it, you know. I'm not getting on anybody's case this morning. But I'm just saying it's so important that we know what's going on around us and that we can bring a prayer of intervention. And when the Lord puts it on your heart, do it. And if he doesn't or if you're not sure, go ahead and say something quick anyway according to the word of God. In Jesus' name. Verse uh, 25. Opponents must be gently instructed. Gently instructed. You can't outshout them. Running to the streets and making a bunch of noise and burning buildings down doesn't accomplish anything. Yelling back at somebody because they're LGBTQ is not going to accomplish anything. The word says opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil. That's our opponent. Who has taken them captive to do his will. A 10-year-old kid that kills his, his mother is obviously taken captive by the devil. Excuse me, that one was on me. You want to do it again? Okay, uh, we're going to uh, see. Let's go to chapter 3, uh, 2 Timothy 3 1. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Who's he speaking to? Christians. Lovers of pleasures, people are, that is, uh, there's a whole list there. Okay, and I'm just going to go to lovers of pleasures rather than the lovers of God. Then verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Folks, there are people all over this country in so-called churches that deny the power of God. Well, you can pray for them, but you can also invite them. We do not deny the power of God. We believe in it. We believe it's essential. The Lord changed my life, and it wasn't just mental. Yes, he told me I need to learn how to think right and think according to his will, his word, his promises. But at the same time, he gave me the ability, the power to do that because I couldn't do it. I didn't want to be good. But he made me that way when I saw what good is and how good he is and how he had been working with me all of my life to win me over with his goodness. It's the goodness of God which brings a man to repentance. Amen. And he is so good that we want to shout that from the housetops. And that's not enough. Just do whatever, praise God. Be a living testimony of what Jesus has done in your life. Amen. Verse 10. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. 
What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, the persecutions I endured? Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. How many of them did he rescue from? Praise God. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Hmm. While evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. We're seeing impostors deceiving people. Why? Because they're deceived themselves. You give out what you have. That's not too deep, is it? You give out what you have. I can't give you $10 if I only got a dollar in my pocket. Okay? I can't give you a hug if I don't have it in my heart to make it right. I can give you a superficial one, artificial one, or say, oh, yeah, love you in Jesus' name. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, being real is the greatest gift that God gives us. You are an individual created for the, in the image of God for his pleasure. You are holy people. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, that verse also says that I'm a strange person. Well, not exactly. You're peculiar is what it says. That is to the world's way of thinking. Amen. Verse 10, you, however, I've already read that, haven't I? Okay. Um, okay. Verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed. God breathed. God breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And you know what is so strange there to a lot of people? Why do you have to be trained to be righteous? And that's not what it says. You need to be trained in righteousness. You need to find out who you are in Christ. Okay? And we need training for that. We need to be encouraged for that. We need to know what the Bible says about that. We need to know what Holy Spirit says about that. We need to know what happened in your life to make you so sweet, lovely, and pretty. You too, Chris. <laughs> we need to know those things. And it helps us by the word of God. It's God breathed. He breathed into Adam. He became a living soul. Well, he's also breathed into us. In fact, we breathe God's air. Don't think you own any air. See how far you'd go without God in your life, see? Okay, what, what's important here? Well, there's everything that's important here. But what we need to realize is that it's the word of God that gives us a basis for everything else. That we, everything else flows out of that as a Christian. And reading the word, sharing the word, being able to compare what you're saying or see, reading, I guess I should say, and what others are saying around you is good. It's edifying. It brings you up because the word of God is true. Now, sometimes, oh, oh got a rebuke. Oh, oh, got a correction. That's okay. It's good. A righteous person loves it. Done in the right attitude and spirit, of course. You know, 
So we all need that. If you've ever met a perfect person, you've met somebody full of baloney. Amen. Chapter 4, 2 Timothy 4, 1, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge, it's important, Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead, in other words, those in Christ and those not in Christ, those who uh, would be here in person, those who have already gone uh, to the grave, and in viewing of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Oh, I thought it was supposed to be preaching how happy, clappy we're supposed to be and how good we're supposed to be and how you can do all things. Well, that's a verse, do all things. But how? In Christ. Moving right along. Be prepared in season, out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Uh-oh. He went to meddling now, didn't he? Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Your ears itch? Hopefully, they don't. Hopefully, your heart is looking for more Jesus, though. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to mess. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. He's telling Christians, endure hardship. A lot of American Christians don't understand that. You need to go on a mission trip. Mm -mm. It will change your life, won't it, Pastor Kelly? Change your life. You think you're going to go help God, and God always outdoes whatever you do. And you come back broken, but a good brokenness. You can't enjoy what's in the egg until it gets broken. Okay? Praise God. Do the work of an evangelist. He didn't didn't say, we'll leave that to somebody else. There's a way you can evangelize one way or the other. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Ministers of reconciliation, guess what one of your ministry is? To reconcile those for the lost to Jesus. If you're an ambassador, who are you carrying? You're carrying him. You're carrying his word. You're carrying his truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise God. I looked at something sometimes when I... Quite often when I uh, go, if I'm eating out lunch by myself, I pull out my phone and I look and see what silly things are going on in the world today. And one of these things that traps me quite a bit is something about these 15 people did this or that. So I go through those little things and some of them are just pure baloney. This one was talking about religious figures who are wealthy. And I read that. And I looked at it, and I've seen the same numbers before in other places. I'm not going to mention any names, but I am saying that it seems to be a little strange to me that pastors and evangelists can own millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. 
there were like, on this list, it was less than 20. There were five multi-millionaires who are in the ministry and live in Nigeria. There were two from um, Zimbabwe. Those are poor countries, especially Zimbabwe. My gosh. Now, I've got a trillion-dollar bill at home. There's it's worth 45 cents. And there's American people that, if all of this is true, and I, like I said, I, I don't know that all of it is, but I know that there are certain, including the biggest one, that are true. And they're worth, you know, eight million's nothing. It's like 10 or 40 or 140. One of them, 760 million. And I have heard him on tape say he's a billionaire. What does that prove? And that person may have given a lot of money. I mean, after all, you got a billion dollars or 760 million, you can give a lot of money away. Be like Oprah, because, you know, she gives away 100,000, everybody goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. She's a billionaire. You know, it's like you giving a dollar, maybe. <laughs> Me giving 15 cents. And I'm just stopping and saying that. We, we need to be realistic in our lives. And, you know, I'll never be a multimillionaire because I'll never, I'll just give it away faster than it comes in. Okay? And my lifestyle shows that in a lot of ways. Now, here again, I'm trying to be a little careful that I don't get on somebody's toes. I'm talking about people that are 100% ministry where 100% of the money comes from free will offerings. And if somebody gives us a billion dollars here at church tomorrow, I promise you we'll spend it right. So, okay? It'll be spent right. And it'll be accountable. And it will be open and it will be, yes, what God wants. So there, we, we don't have a problem with getting a lot of money in, you know? But the issue is, are we faithful with whatever he's given us? That it starts out with that dollar bill. <laughs> and if you're faithful on that, you'll get more. So I, I don't mean to get off on this too much, but I guess I am a little bit. But I'm just being honest. For, for a pastor or of a church or a preacher or an evangelist to have $140 million, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. And we need to check our own hearts. And we need to realize... If you don't do it when you're small, you'll never do it when you're big. Okay? And I'm not, this is not a pull for money. If you have any problem with anything I say about money, keep your money in your pocket. I'm serious. Yeah? Okay? But if you do listen to the things that we say, it'll help you. Okay? Because it's the Word of God. Praise God. So that's one of the things that we see today where, you know, who's got the biggest airplane? How many engines you got on your airplane? I got four on mine. <laughs> well, once you go buy a 1953 B-52 bomber and get eight. That's just a joke. <laughs> now, part two. I don't see any time left on the wall. Is that correct? <laughs> oh, that's the big one, isn't it? 
I wanted to see if Brad was back there listening, if he's asleep. And Bernard's going, what is he talking about? <laughs> I saw the blanks there. That's what I saw. See? See? That's confusing to me. I'm, you know, it's, that's, that's really a lot of information up there, 956, 954, 1108 a.m. And then dot, dot, dash, dot, dot, dash, dash. I've been trying to figure those out. That's what my problem is. Okay. Uh, we're going to start on this. I've got m more to cover than we can cover in the next two hours, so uh, we're not going to keep you past that. I'm joking. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And they're starting, they're, start, they're talking about the end times. Daniel was a prophet, he was one of the big prophets in the Old Testament. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects you, your people, he's an archangel in other words, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. Okay, so we're, we're talking about something that's futuristic. Some people say, well, this happened in 70 AD. There's a particular stream that believes that. Yeah, some things happened then, but not everything. And so... We know that the great and terrible day of the Lord, which is Judgment Day, and Christianity's been real solid on that for 2,000 years, uh, is at the close, the close of the Great Tribulation. And that's the day when there will be people, well, we're going to read about it in just a minute, there will be people that will be judged at one of two places, Christians uh, at the judgment seat of Christ and non-Christians at the great white throne of judgment. But at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book will be delivered. The uh, New American Standard uses the word rescued instead of delivered. So the book of life is opened and the righteous are being freed. Verse 2, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. And that's where our heart needs to be with people who are in that so that we can encourage them to have their eyes open. The resurrection of the dead, both saved and unsaved, are raised at the same time, according to that verse. Verse 3, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Okay, this is all happening right now. Uh, science confirms that the continued speed of knowledge doubling is being compressed, so to speak. So it's becoming faster and faster all the time. Um, this... Uh, this really came to a different dimension with the advent of the computer. And it used to be that every 17 years, knowledge was doubling, which is quite, if you think about that, that's quite amazing. But now, now they're saying, and I checked this on about five different sources, at least five. They say that knowledge is doubling every 12 hours. In other words, 
this time next Sunday, we'll know many times more information than we do today. That is mind-boggling. That sounds, I mean, that's like just take all the zeros in the universe and throw them together, make one number out of it. It is unbelievable to our human minds to even grasp, put your mind around it. You know, remember when the gigabyte was first made, you know, like people knew what a gigabyte was? Some of you are going, a giga who? <laughs> a gigabyte, this computer term, my computer, and I've got a pretty high-powered one, has one gigabyte of storage. Then there's a terabyte, which you add three more zeros to a gigabyte. Then there's a petabyte, which is one million bytes, one million pieces of information. Then there's an exabyte, another three zeros. Add another three zeros, and you get a zettabyte. Add another three, and you get a yottabyte. You can tell they're making some of this stuff up. <laughs> then there's the exonobite, and then a silent bite, silent bite. Yeah, it's like silent with a H in it. T A bite, Mr. Teacher. You haven't taught that one yet in your class. <laughs> and then I'm going to make the this really. I mean this. This is like anti-disestablishment materialism. It's that long. This is a demogenogroto bike or something close to that. Maybe close to it. One, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know. It's got a bunch of letters. I'm not trying to impress you with my high intellect here. I can't even read the words. Why so many? Well, the fact of it is they have to have a bigger number to express bigger things. More, more data. More numbers. And this is, this is multiplying faster than we can think about it. It is fast, it's multiplying so fast that we have this much knowledge and it's available to each and every one of us for the most part. Now, there's, there's more. But, you know, these people actually measure data. Like how much data was portrayed in all the movies made last year. And if you're familiar with uh, 4K, that's the real high resolution. That takes a lot more data than the ones that we used to watch back with uh, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. So it's, uh, it's incredible that these things are ripping so fast. It's incredible. It, it's it's mind-boggling. And yet, and as, as is told in the New Testament... Can I just say it this way? We ain't got no wisdom to use it all. Sign the end times. We have so much information, it's actually bringing confusion, bringing arguments. Kelly says, he read that, and I say, well, I read this, and, you know, it looks like they're different. And then we say, well, maybe it's not different. Maybe it's two sides of the same ball, you know. You've heard the half black and half white ball, and you turn it around, and, it, you know, it's a white ball. No, it's a black ball. It's a white ball, you know. And you get into what it was saying a while ago about all these arguments and these words. You've got to be specific on the word and say the right thing at the right time, the right way. And, and now you can't even do that anymore because whatever you say, you're going to be canceled. <laughs> so just shout it from the housetops, Jesus is Lord! <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, Frank Turek wrote a book a few years back called Correct, Not Politically Correct. The subtitle is How Same-Sex Marriage Hurts All of Us. Oh, I just threw that one in there, no charge. And yes, Jesus brings freedom, putting nobody down. Hey, you can put me down. You can laugh at me all you want, but I know who my identity is, and I know who made me, and I know what he told me to do and be. So praise God. I'm free! Yep. What's that old song uh, Willie Nelson sang, Whiskey River? Yeah, some of us have known that Whiskey River. <laughs> and it dried up, praise God. <laughs> it's gone away. <laughs> Here's my desire, that you get a hold of the truth. That you get a hold of what God actually said about the end times. And that most of all, you have no fear on anything. Regardless of what happens, regardless if your pantry's dry, let us know. We'll find some beans and rice for you. Okay? If you got a situation, you let us know. We have a storehouse. That storehouse is biblical and it's supposed to be there for people who need it when they need it. And we want to make sure that we are doing everything within our ability to help whoever needs it. First of all, to the house of the Lord. Praise God. Isn't that like Jesus? Yeah. Amen. And just quickly, and we're, gonna, we're actually going to cut it off here in just a few minutes. Uh, comparing Daniel 12 to Matthew 25, 46. Jesus is talking about the end times in Matthew 24 and 25, and we're going to get into Matthew 24 next week. But he says in Matthew 25, 46, then they will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And this is basically a reference to what's in Daniel 12 about the dead being raised and there being the day of judgment and the people who are in Christ shall be set free for eternal life and the people who are not will go into condemnation and contempt. Praise God. Don't think it's strange if you're persecuted. I think I've told you before, but I'm going to tell you again, take, in case you're taking notes. I was preaching the gospel, Town Square, Granbury, Texas, U.S. of A. Busy place, the, the, the cars you know, running around the, 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 the square, and you know the whole... On the other side of the square are these two-story buildings all the way around that were built years ago, and now they're, you know, what do you call them, just little shops and stuff, restaurants, and all the people. They've got set up for all the people in Dallas and Fort Worth to come in and lose their money. But anyway, uh, they have really neat little places and, you know, specialty shops. This is the chocolate chip place, and this is the coconut cookie place, and this is the... Oreo kind of like place and this is the s'mores not you know just anyway all these little shops and you just walk around and stuff so I'm out there preaching on the courthouse not the steps but below that by the streets where the cars are and here comes an egg and it's kind of funny you hear something you look up and there's an egg right there I thought well I wonder how that got there 
they flying geese. <laughs> you know, one of those hits you on the head and you'd know it. And I'm preaching on and pretty soon here comes another egg. And I realize somebody's throwing eggs at me. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and so another one comes and then I, I realize, oh, there's a second story window open right there. I think there's somebody in there that may not like what I'm saying. So I kept on preaching. I'm kind of watching out of the corner of my eye. And all I saw was an arm and kibosh. And it got a little bit of egg on my shoe. Just a little bit. Better clean that off because you don't take the color out. But. And I thought, oh my goodness. Here I'm trying to help somebody go to heaven. Eternal life. And they're wanting to go to hell. They're wanting to shut off the message of the Lord. It's their problem. It's not mine. Okay? So I'll just preach some more. And that just gives me encouragement to rev it up a few notches. And about that time, here comes a late model Lincoln. And this older lady goes down the window and hands me a $10 bill. And she says, you keep on saying that. The $10 bill wasn't the point. The point was her stopping and saying that. You know, it could have been $1,000 you know, probably had a little more fun with that. But anyway, the truth of the matter is that's the encouragement that God gives. And that's not the only time I've been out preaching publicly and had somebody and somebody come right behind it. One, one, one older gentleman said in Houston years ago, he said, son, I can't do that, but you just keep on saying it. And that was like an angel coming from heaven because I had just been demolished by an older, another older gentleman that told me different stuff that was baloney. But anyway, my pastor was there with me and he said, we preach the word, we preach it soft, we preach it loud, and we also cast out devils in the name of Jesus. And when he said that, that guy turned around and walked off. I thought very appropriate. You know, if you're on YouTube today or if you've been watching this because of our website, we invite you to come see that we really do love Jesus and we really care about you and we care about your future. Jesus has a plan for you and it is good and it is filling and it gives you the love and joy and peace that you need in your life. So come check us out or if you're maybe you're in New York City or California or something, that's fine. Just keep on listening and there's a good church wherever you are. But go to one that preaches the word of God, not one who talks with enticing words of man's wisdom, but one who has a demonstration of spirit and power. And what we didn't show you is that every week we pray for people. And we had a prayer time already before the word today, and we prayed for folks. And everybody needs that. You know, that's what the early church did. They went from house to house, and one of the four things they did was pray. You know, and I'm not talking about some religious pray, prayer that you pray every week, 52 times out of the year, that kind of just like, okay, it's nothing wrong with that. It's just that you probably don't have the energy of the life charge of the Holy Spirit that's directing you in it because it's not pinpointed, it's not focused, it's not accurate on what you're going through today. And your friends need that. And you can pray for them. That's part of the ministry of the body to itself and love. Those things are all part of what we do at Church of Tomorrow by the very grace of God. We love you. We care for you. And uh, we'll see you next time.
Pastor Kelly, would you wrap it up, please? Mm. We love the word, don't we? Ah, do, do we love the word? Hallelujah. We love the word. It's very important that we love the word. Hallelujah. We love the God of the word. <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, bring your attention to a couple of scriptures as we think about uh, giving and tithes and offerings. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. I'll never forget a pastor sharing this years ago. Um, where it says, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Just remember, it's him who gave it to you. He opened the doors for it all. And so we, as a result, uh, it says in Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10, it says, honor the Lord, therefore, with your wealth, with the first fruits of all that you have. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. So just remember, it is the Lord who has given you the ability to do all this and to have all this. And now we want to honor him back with the first fruits of what he's done for us. Amen? So just remember, uh, we uh, give in several different ways here. You can do it online. Uh, you can also text to give as well as uh, the envelopes there in the back at the drop box, and, and you can fill it out that way. Uh, but just look at your neighbor and say, I love to give. Now, you, you might be thinking, well, I don't know about that. Well, just remember this. Jesus, okay, he was given by who? The Father. And I don't think that he held back. He goes, I don't know those people down there. <laughs> Okay, now we think about it, okay? And we want to gladly give. Hallelujah, because he gladly gave. Look at your neighbor and say, he gladly gave. Uh, some more announcements. This Wednesday, someone say Wednesday. Wednesday. The life of the Spirit continues. I think we're on our ninth one this time. Uh, 6.45 for snacks and uh, 7 o'clock class begins. And I believe we have Brad that's going to be ministering this Wednesday. And so... Uh, um, then uh, Friday the 23rd, everyone say Friday the 23rd, it's the eve of Christmas Eve, okay, it's the eve before Christmas Eve, okay, it'll be the 23rd, it'll be a Friday night, and we're going to have a candlelight service at 6 p.m., everyone say 6 p.m., okay, we're going to worship, we're going to have communion, we're going to celebrate the Savior's arrival, okay, now, he's coming back, and he won't be coming as a baby this next time. Amen. <laughs> Kaboom! <laughs> it's not wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, as a result of having a Friday night uh, a candlelight service, uh, this year, remember that Christmas falls on a Sunday, and we won't have a, a Christmas. Uh, we won't have a Sunday service on that year. On that year, on that Sunday, okay. But and the following Sunday, everyone say following Sunday. It dawned on me not too many years ago that one week after Christmas is always New Year's Day. Always, 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 always. <laughs> It is the next Sunday is January 1st. Now, do not go out and do your hoopla on the 31st and not come to church on Sunday. 
And we're even going to help matters a little bit because just in case you do stay up until midnight celebrating everything, we're going to start service at 1 p.m. Look at your neighbor and say 1 p.m., not 10 a.m. And we're going to have some lunch. We're going to have a service uh, uh, at 1 p.m. that day. So uh, also I am uh, required or I am uh, uh, been told that I'm going to give the microphone, this microphone, the one I'm holding right now, to a wonderful lady who has something else to share. So, Carol. (laughs) Okay, my goodness, that's loud. Um, Aren't you glad they don't have me turned up this loud during singing? Man, that could be scary. Uh, So, women, eye contact, women. Yeah, off your phones, women. (laughs) This is not a commercial. This is a real thing. We are gathering together for Christmas at a home I have access to. And um, if you don't have an invitation, see me or Cammie or Katina after service. Um, A couple of women approached me a few weeks ago and said, we've just got to get the women of our church together and love them. So um, it won't be taxing. It will be relaxing. It will be something you will thoroughly enjoy. And when you leave, you will feel ministered to. Um, Bring your favorite Christmas goodie. Okay? And uh, we're not going to have to feed an army, so just bring some. Don't make it extra trouble. Um, That could come from the store. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so then um, on the invitation in the fine print, please text your full name and the total number of attending from your household. So whoever you're bringing, I just need one text from a tomorrow woman with the number you're bringing. So we'll be able to accommodate everyone. But anyway, it's going to be a beautiful, sweet, recharging, refreshing moment in your holiday season. Okay? So be that, 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 Let's stand. Uh, Father, we thank you and bless you, Father, for today. We thank you that your word has gone forth with clarity, power, purpose, and anointing, removing burdens and destroying yokes. We thank you, Father God, that you, O Lord, are within us. And I thank you, Father, we carry your word. And we release your word as your Holy Spirit unctions us throughout this week coming up. We thank you and bless you for all things. And God's people said... Amen. Go in the power of the Lord. If you need prayer, we're up here to lead you in prayer.